What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Murders, and this is actually a bonus episode that's going out to everybody, where we are giving you a sneak peek of our new show that's going to be coming up in January called Unsolved Mayhem. So whether or not there will actually be murder in this episode, I don't know, but um, it will be an unsolved case of some kind. Basically, on that show, we're going to be covering unsolved mysteries, uh, who knows? It might be murder, it might be missing, it might be an alien abduction, who knows? Or if so, Bobby gets his way, a bank robbery. Yes, I, I would like to do a bank robbery case. I think that'd be great. So um, before we get into the actual episode, a uh, little bit of business, if I didn't already say that, we have two other shows. Well, we have, yeah, Two other shows. The one you're <laughs> listening to right now, Speaking of Murders, and uh, our other show, Speaking of Missing Persons. So make sure you're checking out Speaking of Missing Persons if you haven't already. If you like the Speaking of Murders show, you'll probably like that show too. If you want to see photos with today's case, check our social media. That's all linked in the show notes. We'll be posting pictures from today's episode there. We've got a Patreon where we're posting bonus episodes every other week. Um, and if you subscribe... You'll get a shout out on the show and you'll get access to all those bonus episodes. So make sure you're going there and checking that out. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening, whatever app you're on. Do that. Leave a comment. Share it with your friends, your family, whoever. And I guess all of that stuff said, Sarah, give us a bonus episode. All right. So it's Halloween. Yay. We're, we're into spooky season. But this case doesn't take place around Halloween, but it inspired a very scary movie. Oh, boy. So let's, well, people think it did. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? A Quiet Place? I'm not answering your question. Strangers? The Strangers? I'm not answering (laughs) your questions. The Void. I'm not answering your questions. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Alien. This is like the stuff nightmares are made of. Well, I mean, if it's... Predator. Nightmares. If it has, like, you know, created a scary movie from it. It's probably Nightmare on M Street. I feel like that was was just a little hint. That was, like, based on a true story? This true story? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really hope Nightmare like, on I Elm Street it. wasn't based on a true <laughs> story. It was not. It was yeah. based on actual nightmares. Mark yes. that one down. Count it. I got it. No, you didn't. <laughs> if I, you know, I could give it away, but I'm not going to. We're going to see how long it takes Samantha to figure it out. Oh, I'm going to get it. So this case takes place in Southside Chicago mm. on April 22nd. 1987. Okay. But first we're going to go back a little bit to 1983 
the year I was born. Ruthie Mae McCoy was 49. She was battling with mental illness that had started in her 20s. No one really knew what her condition was at this time, just that she would talk to herself and suddenly curse out strangers as she walked by them on the street. Ruthie had grown up in the south side of Chicago and in 1983 had moved into an apartment in the ABLA projects. Okay. This was a scary place on its own, but to be there and be suffering from a mental illness made it even more scary. There were seven 15-story brown Y-shaped apartment buildings, and they were collectively called Grace Abbott Homes. All right. They featured dark elevators that would malfunction, pitch black stairwells, and drug addicts on almost every floor. Sounds like a fun place to be. Living here had to be rough on Ruthie, who was suffering from paranoia and was afraid of most things in life. She lived at the end of the corridor on the 11th floor of 1440 West 13th Street in apartment 1109. What a awful apartment, like, placement for someone with paranoia. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the projects. No, if I w- if I suffer from paranoia, I would want to be at the end of the hallway because well, I only have to worry about one direction. Yeah, well, here here's the problem. I have paranoia, and as you were walking down it, you would definitely be thinking someone was behind you the entire time. True. I don't know. I would just be thinking of like, is this defensible? Can I defend this place? And it's a lot easier if. It's a bottleneck if it's all funneled to one singular place. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be at the beginning. Same, because less chance of following. Right. I don't know. I don't know what's worse there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they honestly, have, they I have don't pros know. and cons. I mean, with paranoia, your brain convinces you of all sorts of things. So, All right. Well, by 1987, after being institutionalized several times, Ruthie was diagnosed with residual type schizophrenia so this happens when someone has had schizophrenic episodes in the past but is no longer exhibiting symptoms okay okay battling her mental illness was hard and it kept her from being able to keep a job in september of 1986 while in the hospital one of the staff helped ruthie get approved for ssi which is supplemental security income this would raise her monthly income from 154 dollars a month to 340 dollars a month a month yes how is she living on that that's why she's living in the projects and it's also the 80s it is the 80s when she received her first check in april of 1987 it would be for $2,000 because they paid her retroactively from when she filed so it's like the most money she had seen ever had at one time she used some of that money to buy a coat a small amount of clothes and a few household items the rest of the money she was going to use to move out of the projects good for her 
That brings us back to April 22, 1987, when the Chicago PD received a 911 call at 8.45 p.m. that went like this. Okay, so Ruthie says, I'm a resident of... At 1440 West 13th Street, apartment 1109, and some people next door are totally tearing this down, you know? Ruthie, she is like frantically saying this to the dispatcher. The dispatcher says, what are they doing, ma'am? And Ruthie responds, I cannot be made out. Well, yeah, she's like, I can't be made out on the recording, but the dispatcher must have kind of understood what she was trying to say. Like, I don't know. It was like a weird situation. Like, she was so frantic, and the dispatcher then asks her, like, they want to break it? What are they trying to break? And Ruthie says, yeah, they throwed the cabinet down. Okay? Then the dispatcher says, from where? And Ruthie responds, I'm in the projects. I'm on the other side. You can reach can reach my bathroom. They want to come through the bathroom. And the dispatcher says, all right, ma'am, at what address? Ruthie repeats the address and adds that the elevator was working at that time. The dispatcher, like, goes 1109, like, questioning her, and then says, okay, what's your name again? She responds tells her ruth mccoy the dispatcher's like all right i'll send the police the problem is is the dispatcher reported it as a disturbance with a neighbor and not a burglary so it wasn't like taken as seriously like top priority yeah so at 902 p.m a neighbor walking through the hall heard gunshots coming from ruthie's apartment so she called 911 and reported it. At 9.04, they received another call from a different neighbor that heard gunshots and shouting coming from Ruthie's apartment. So two more police cars head to the scene. So at this point, there are four officers that arrive at 9.10. Okay. So it doesn't take them very long to get there. No. They bang on the door announce their presence, they call out to Ruthie, they get no answer. They asked the dispatcher to call her phone, okay? The officer that's on the phone with the dispatcher tell, like, it's recorded, him saying, we believe somebody is in there holding her, holding someone captive. And they can hear the phone ringing and no one answering it. Two, two of the officers that were waiting downstairs we're like, well, we'll go to the management office and get a key. Okay. Okay. And they also are, like, talking to whatever neighbors are around. Like, they f- figure out that the apartment next door was vacant and nobody lived across the hall, but she had neighbors, other neighbors in the hall. It was just the one across from her and the one next to her were empty. Okay. Some people heard the gunshots that were living around her. Some people didn't. I mean, who knows if they did or didn't, and they just didn't want to be involved. Right. Right. Other neighbors told police that an elderly woman lived there, and she always answered the door. 
This made the officer on the phone with the dispatch question what they should do. Okay, they got there at 9.10. At 9.48, they left the building because the janitor didn't have a key to Ruthie's apartment. Seriously? Why wouldn't you just break in the door? Break, go in. The Why next dispatcher just go, hey, I want to do a well check. So they could. The next morning, Ruthie's neighbor got really worried because Ruthie always stopped by her apartment every morning and evening. So she was like, something is wrong and reported to the police like she hasn't come out of her apartment right so at this point six officers and four to five chicago security guards don't know why couldn't find a reason why security guards were involved but they showed up the officers wanted to go in they wanted to bust down the door but these security guards were like no don't do it. You're going to get sued. Seriously? Yeah. What? They're the police department. Yeah, well. That's their job. They pretty much told these officers, like, if you go in, if you break the door down and she's fine, she can sue you. So, so they left? They, it literally said in almost all the articles I saw that the some of the officers just shrugged their shoulders and left. They were just like, okay. So at 1 p.m. the next day, when the neighbor is still like, hey. She's not fucking coming out of her apartment. She's not fucking coming out of her apartment. She's like, pretty much, forget about the fucking police. They're not doing anything. So she calls the apartment's office and has the manager come with a carpenter. And they drill through the lock on Ruthie's door. Which isn't illegal. Well... They found Ruthie laying on her side with a hand over her chest. Like she had a heart attack or something? She had one shoe on and one off. Papers, magazines, and coins were thrown all around her on the ground. She had been shot four times. Oh. Once in the left shoulder. The second time was in the left thigh. The third bullet entered the right side of her abdomen pierced her liver, and exited through the left side. Oh, boy. The fourth and fatal shot entered her right arm, went into her chest, and severed her pulmonary vein. Oh, damn. Her cause of death was internal bleeding. So if they would have just broken right then... Well, the coroner said he didn't know if she would have made it even if they the would have got into the would room. have got into the room. Or her apartment. Unfortunately, this case was, like, not taken very seriously because she's a mentally ill black woman living in the projects of Chicago. So it did not get very much media coverage. It was only in, like, it had one big article about it in the Chicago Tribune. But only because they broke into her apartment through the medicine cabinet. They came through her medicine cabinet because the medicine cabinets were attached. I know. They do that a lot in apartments, especially like older apartments. So wait, there was literally just a hole through the wall and on one side's a medicine cabinet and on the other side's a medicine cabinet. So you can pull yours out and push theirs out and just straight through? Yep. Um... 
That, that actually happened recently. That doesn't seem safe. It's not safe. I've and seen yes, videos of it, like people yeah. in apartments like figuring that out and like yeah. Well, that's like, exactly no. what happened to Ruthie. The apartment that was empty, they, whoever it was, pulled the medicine cabinet out of that and pushed hers out and came into her apartment and killed her. Now, cops believe it was because some that they saw her bringing in this new stuff and assumed that she had money. Money. So it was probably someone in the building then. Yeah. But this case is completely still unsolved. So they found, like, no fingerprints, like, nothing No, to try to track at somebody? F- at first, people were like, holy shit, you're breaking into apartments through the freaking bathroom mirror? That's insane. That is insane. Yeah, I would have been. It shouldn't be a yeah. thing. I would have been petrified after that, living in that apartment building? Yeah, well, apparently that apartment building had been dealing with that happening in their apartment complex for over a year before McCoy Ruthie got murdered. Seriously? That's fucked up. But she was the first one that got murdered as far as I know. Oh, so that's when we take it somewhat kind of not really serious. Cool. They did at some point arrest two men and charge them with breaking in and burglary and murder, but they were found not guilty. There wasn't enough evidence to prove it. Yeah, without any fingerprints or a gun to match right. the bullets or anything like that, there's really not much they can do. No. And perhaps the case of Ruthie May McCoy would have been forgotten forever. But a certain movie that hit the theaters not too long after this kind of brought it to light. Poltergeist. No. What is the movie that Samantha is the most afraid of? Don't you dare. Because (sighs) I swear to God. Don't you dare. Because that was my immediate thought whenever you fucking said medicine cabinet. And I swear to God if you say it on the air, (laughs) I'm going to murder you. Cujo. Candyman. Oh my god, I fucking hate you. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Shauna got it. I hate you. I hate you both. So much. Well, you weren't going to say it, and I didn't I think definitely Bobby wasn't going to say guess it. it. No, I knew what it was. I just wasn't going to say it. Oh, well. As soon yeah. as Sarah said, Sarah said medicine cabinet, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the movie in question that Smith's very afraid of the name of, involved bathroom mirrors and medicine cabinets, and the main character even bore the McCoy surname, and it happened. It The movie takes place pretty much in that same area. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody wondering, I understand that that movie is not really scary. It is just... PTSD response, trauma response from <laughs> our mother as a child. It doesn't help that right now we're currently sitting in almost complete darkness no. while I'm telling this story. Our mother used to treat it. Bobby just realized it was dark in the room. Used to treat that movie <laughs> like Bloody Mary and would turn all the lights out 
in the house and she had the fucking home interior fucking mirrors all over the house <laughs> and she would just say his name on repeat ugh, ugh. i had to we had to we only said it one time yeah i know and i swear to god you better not say it two more times well just so you know that's the story of ruthie may mccoy and her case is still unsolved and i don't I could find no information saying that they were even trying to solve it. It's pretty much like they brushed it under the rug and were like, meh. Poor Ruthie. Which is so fucking sad. In like, the that's 80s. That's so sad. Like, that poor woman was just minding her damn business yeah. in her apartment, living her life. Yeah. It, it, it sucks, too, because, I mean, could you... Im- Imagine having paranoia and then actually... And then people yeah. coming through your medicine cabinet on you? Oh, I yeah. said. It's like the stuff of fucking nightmares. Horrifying. I mean... Wait, it, having the schizophrenia, like the mental illness and paranoia, yeah, that would like... Oh, I feel I'm like sure. she was thinking she was having hallucinations at first or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she sat there for at least a good 10, 15 seconds trying to talk herself out of thinking what she was thinking. Right. And I do know that they think it was more than one person that came through. That's why they went after, like, the two dudes. Well, because in her call, she said they. Yeah, because she kept saying they. Which is ridiculous. Poor Ruthie. Like, yeah, that that effing sucks. Well, that's my kind of October story as a bonus episode. All right. Some unsolved mayhem for you. There you go. So... If you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Share with your friends, your family, whoever. The new show um, is going to be starting after the first of the year, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? No. No. All right. Don't show your kids scary movies when they're not old enough to watch scary movies and then not expect them to have PTSD. Yeah, when they're grown adults. Because then you, because you traumatize them with that scary movie also. Oh, okay. <laughs> Coming from the two older sisters of mine that would sneak me into R-rated scary movie hey, films just to torture my ass. Thank is, you. The thing is, his mom wasn't doing it to you, so we had to do it. Okay? Exactly. Somebody had to step in. If, wow. mom, if <laughs> mom wouldn't have done it to us, we may have never done it to you. Exactly. It's all mom's fault. <laughs> all right. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye. Bye.